This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mercedes, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much. I still have my tan, so that means summer's still here, right? Summer is still here, and uh, we are uh, uh, in the summer. The last time we put out an episode was a, a few weeks ago, and you uh, have since picked up golf and a selection of other things. And uh, I uh, wanted to check in rollerblading. I think I saw that, and you're doing some stuff. So you're <laughs> staying active and doing it. Um, this is it for the travel cast. This episode, um, first and foremost, okay. I have to say. I want to thank you very, very much for giving me your time to do this because I thought uh, I just wanted to change it up from um, what I was doing before, have a great co-host and um, somebody uh, that uh, can bounce off me. And I thought uh, you, you were great and uh, I couldn't have been happier to have you along for the ride. So thank you so much for all the time and help me build this cast out. It was great. Well, thank you for thinking of me. I've had a blast. Listen to a lot of, well, met. I don't know. Do you meet on a podcast? You meet on met. Zoom. When, when we started, you know, this is how fast the internet has come. No one knew about Zoom in 2019. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we were bouncing around through Zencaster and all these things and clean yeah. feed and shits in, like we're in and out. And almost everything we've done was, you know, early, you know, early. And we've, we've been, in, you know, obviously with the world shutting down a bit, uh, no one's particularly thinking about travel. So it's been a little bit more difficult to have that that weekly flow because for a for while sure. there people were like don't talk to me about travel i can't go anywhere i'm stuck in my house i know everyone wants to travel but we're stuck but no i've met i thank you because i've met a lot of cool people on uh, on these episodes which has been very fun and i've i've asked stupid questions but I feel like anyone would have asked those questions because they and didn't well, know the and then answers. The, you know, and then you've launched your own, which uh, anyone listening right now, you must go and listen. Um, it's one of the best sounding podcasts. It's fantastic. You've done a great job. Might be that, Thank you. that your cadence on the mic and that fabulous gear you've got there. But oh, the, yes. uh, but uh, uh, you're doing great. And uh, I, I couldn't be happier with how it's going for you because I think it's just going to go. Like it's yeah, just I'm excited. And you're getting dropping some great, in. great guests dropping in uh, with Mercedes uh, available uh, with Mercedes on the Dean Blundell Network as well. Uh, it's yeah. in Cyberland. It's amazing. Um, what what uh, what do you think of podcasting? I mean, I outside, of okay, the, so outside of the ten that we've done plus plus this, your thing. I I I freaking love it. I get to ask all the questions that I want to ask anyone. And sure. it's, it's at my fingertips. It's very, very cool. Um, good collabs on mine with um, some DJs I have in town. And obviously my mom helps with the intro. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I just, it's editing. I didn't think I would like editing, but I'm you've actually. Learned, you've had to learn how to ed edit on GarageBand. Yeah, right? I'm doing uh, it. And what so kind of, so, so this will be the, uh, sorry, the informative podcast series for the next <laughs> one and a half minutes. Uh, yeah. How did you learn how to edit on GarageBand? Because I'm okay, still Okay, so 
No, so, so um, COVID hit, right? And yeah. I was like, okay, game on. You really got to get this podcast going. It's, it's coming up on a year since Brent sure. and Dean asked you to do this. Giddy yeah. up. And, uh, and I had the time. I got, I got laid off from my job and uh, I went on to the library and yeah. went on to this uh, free resource, which is lynda.com and literally did a course in GarageBand podcast making. Sure. And it sound, you sound amazing. Like, I mean, uh, Zoom you. gives us this, like we, we're both on Zoom H6s, not that they've paid us any promotion for this or acknowledge the eight grand that we've given them in business uh, <laughs> over the last, because everyone we're talking to is get the Zoom H6. But um, yeah. it's a, it's been a big help. And you went right to that on the gear wise. And I'm not boring the I listeners with, with gear talk, but I really need you guys to understand that when we talked to Mercedes about it, um, about, about doing your own podcast, it was like, you know, you know, I'm, I'm just some schmuck in a basement in Cloverdale, mm-hmm. but you know, you traveled the world, uh, as an, as you know, for team Canada and you have access to some incredible people like I do, uh, in my profession, mm-hmm. but, uh, yours, I'm like, why aren't you talking to people? Because you, <laughs> you would have a super informative podcast and this is what's happened. I, your podcast is, it sounds fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I owe it to you. To your point about questions, to your point about questions, you get to ask all the questions. So imagine being with that person in a bar and you sit there and you go, and then what? And then what? And then what? And they would go, move away from me. And uh, you're super (laughs) annoying. But on a podcast, they go, ask me anything. Ask, ask, ask. I want to talk. I want to talk. So it really gives you a thing to do. And um, man, I'm so happy for you. I think you've done great. I'm stoked. Yeah. Thank you for being the guinea pig on all the gear. I just went straight to the top. <laughs> oh, right. We went right to it. That's right. That's right. I mean, why are we messing around? Uh, travel for us. We've had some great guests uh, at this point, including this week's guest. Um, but just a quick rundown of what we've done. Uh, obviously, you came on to chat about your world. Uh, we had Paul Feinstein from the podcast, who's on the Dean Blundell Network, to uh, a few times to give us uh, his take on uh, pre COVID and post-COVID travel, which was awesome. Um, we had um, Sean Mathias, the former NHLer, to talk about travel as an NHL player. Uh, we had Sarah Ayres, speak- uh, uh, speaking of um, the NHL, whose husband had the you know, won the feel good story of the year with the NHL uh, beating the Toronto Maple Leafs. That seems like eight years ago. And it was only like a couple, just before Christmas. Um, you know, we had uh, Addie Bell on from Jet Set Travel to talk about luxury travel, even though no one was is traveling luxurious right now, other than the people Dude, that can afford. She is right now. No, she, she is, is now, I follow yeah. her Instagram. I'm like, I want to be where you are. That's right. She <laughs> is doing that. Um, and that was a blast uh, to have her. Uh, then we did the future of travel with Paul. And, and now we have Ray Zahab, uh, who we tried desperately to have on well we had on uh mm-hmm. user error speaking of zencaster and other things not, not blaming them i'm blaming my own inability to hit uh hit a button but um we lost the audio from our first attempt yeah but we were in the yvr airport you were flying it loud. away. It was loud and you were flying away and we lost it. And he was planning travel uh, to Antarctica. He had a whole thing planned for, to run 5,000 kilometers uh, in uh, this coming October, which has been moved. So some things had changed in his world, uh, which actually helped us. 
you know, with this episode, because we were able to kind of revisit what he was wanting to do and how he's had to pivot. So there's your word, yeah. the pivot, pivot, which, uh, which, uh, the you know, pivot. the pivot, uh, <laughs> you know, but I, it was fun. Ray's great. You know, he's a really good interview. He's, uh, he loves to tell a tale about, uh, being a, a world traveler and adventure. What did I, you take? What did you take away from this? I mean, he just has stories for days and they're not just like, Oh, this one time I was at my house. It's like, Oh, this one time I was in the Arctic. I was in the <laughs> Southern hemisphere. I was in the desert. You're just like, dude, where have you not been? <laughs> I and I, the one thing that we didn't get to because um, I just think there's so much more to tell and I think that he would be a guest a great guest on on my next series and also yours so mm-hmm. I'm sure we could go and you know do another hour with him each on that side I haven't asked him about any uh, adventure stories as far as being chased by wild animals and almost killed because he's been in some wild animal almost killed places and I was a man yeah, and made, solo and solo. And I was weird. Not hand I, I was solo, but and solo. And solo. Um, but he <laughs> but he he had these kind of play, you know, it was amazing to kind of see where he's been, the Sahara and, and Everest and oh my god. Everywhere. Death Valley. Like who Death. knows? I don't know. He chooses interesting places. We yeah, we could ask him millions of questions. There's a lot. And um I uh, I was contemplating breaking it up into a couple of episodes, but you know we let it flow, and uh, I want to save some. You know what I mean? I think that we mm-hmm. we did forty five minutes with them, and it was uh, informative, and we we covered off a bunch of stuff. And I think it was a great way to end the travel series um, uh, when he was supposed to be at the beginning of the travel series, but it was just mm-hmm. it just kind of the way it went to kind of add this travel to end it with this. Um, if you're not so, first, you're last. If you're not first, you're last. That's right, and there's nothing uh, <laughs> wrong with that uh, as far far as uh how we're ending it which is really really cool uh takeaways from what do you think you learned over these episodes between sarah um sean and the nhl like all these other things what what, what's your kind of takeaway from from this did you learn that you find yourself educated on the travel side from this yeah because i asked really great questions (laughs) you're the only journalist you're the only journalist in the room you've done this for a living i'm yeah (laughs) i um yeah, like so many different takeaways. Obviously, uh, ex NHL player living the life of luxury on the road. Totally, <laughs> I won't forget that. Did you write a letter? Right? Did you write a letter to Team Canada he, right after that and say, "Hey, it's, listen. no, it's not team. <laughs> it's not Team Canada. They no, treat just, us well, but not as well as the, like NHL stars." <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Did you write? You should have wrote to somebody sitting in a chair somewhere that makes these decisions and said, "Listen, I just did a thing with an NHL guy." <laughs> And these guys, right? What the hell is going yeah. on? You know? I don't know. And then I just, yeah, it's been um, super interesting also following them all on social media and seeing what they're up to now, uh, especially in the COVID times and just mm-hmm. learning how everyone's adapting to it all and how excited everyone is to travel at some point in time. Yeah. Well, we all are getting excited for that. So I, uh, yeah, well, I'm just standing by and pivoting myself and getting through it, but trying to put out episodes. Uh, Mercedes. How many, how many times can we use the word pivot? Well, pivot, we used pivot, it pivot. 17 times in the cast with Ray. So we're going to add it four more times, <laughs> but, uh, you, uh, you've got your own word. So that one's mine. Jive. You're jiving. Jive. Um, yeah. Mercedes nickel, my good friend, a uh, long time, <laughs> uh, Whistler buddy and uh, one of my favorite people in the whole world. And, and I, uh, I, I can't be, uh, can't, you know, leave this without just saying on behalf of um, 
uh, all of us here with your story uh, and how you've come back and um, and you're an inspiration for loads of people around the world and more people need to pay attention to your story about the comeback <laughs> and and I, and I to to have these episodes with you is a is a great honor for me and I uh, I'm so happy that you're doing so great with yours so. Tell Thank people you. where they can read more about you and then yeah, where they can, can get to the to the If you podcast. haven't heard my story, you can listen to it on Dropping In a Podcast with Mercedes Nickel, episode one. Um, you can find me online at Mercedes Nickel, N-I-C-O-L-L, Mercedes, spelt like the car, not the nickel, N-I-C-O-L-L, people. Awesome. This is the final Travelcast episode with my co-host Mercedes Nickel and our guest Ray Zahab. Here we go. You're listening to the Britain on Tour Travelcast with special co-host and four-time Olympian Mercedes Nickel. Brought to you by people who travel, people who love to travel, and all things travel. Of two dollars. And a Casio. After two podcasts, you're probably getting a better idea who he is. But his co-host Mercedes is way cooler than him any day. That might not be what you want to hear. Damn! So keep packing your oversized carry-on. Stop clapping and standing when the plane lands. Stupid idiots! And direct your attention to your travel cast cruise directors. Now here they Now here they Prepare the blast off. Ready to blast off. Knife switch. Main switch on. Welcome back, everybody, to the Brenton on Tour Travel Cast with my very special co-host, Mercedes Nickel. We are back. How are you? I'm good. Been on the golf course, rocking. We are uh, <laughs> joined uh, for a second time, but first time, technically, second time with uh, Ray Zahab, uh, our gentleman, uh, Canadian adventurer and ultra-distance runner, is here to share his tale with us, which we tried to do in 2019 <laughs> before the COVID pre-COVID everything's like everything's like PC pre-COVID or I guess it would be PC PC pre-COVID post-COVID or you could do BC you could do before COVID yeah right? I don't know. Anyhow. it's it's a weird one Mercedes give me a little more uh take your up to um, about an eight or a nine on your zoom there thanks friend so, um, oh, look at that. Now we're in the same room. Uh, Ray, so we tried uh, to, you know, have you be as the third uh, episode uh, for the travel cast and um, foiled by technology and then the world shut down. So we thought we'd try again when we're actually going to wrap up the travels, <laughs> the travel cast uh, with you. Uh, so um, welcome and uh and welcome back and um why don't you uh say hello to our listeners and tell us a little bit about what uh what's up buddy what you've been up to well well thank you so much for for doing this again and and for reconnecting uh it's it's great to be back on with you guys and uh wow i mean so much has changed since we you know since we were last on and you know so i I, basically for your listeners i'm an adventurer and explorer that's what i do full time and so, so typically when people hear that, they, they automatically assume I must be an alpinist or, you know, uh, like an ocean rower or something, but I'm actually, I'm actually an ultra distance runner and, and trekker. So I, I cover geographies on the planet, vast geographies using my feet. And so I, you know, I've ran 
for example, I, I ran 7,500 kilometers across the Sahara. I've trekked unsupported to the South Pole, um, numerous Arctic expeditions without any outside help, uh, being totally self-contained with all of my gear with me. And I've ran across many of the large deserts on the planet. So that's kind of like, that's kind of like what I do. And then what I'm passionate about is my foundation, Impossible to Possible, which I in which I take young people on expeditions of their own all over the world that are learning-based and they are 100% free. Those are the two main things. But I think since the last time I spoke with you guys, you know, I've been also guiding quite a bit, which has been really interesting, but we can get into that later on. So, Do you take grown adults? I do. <laughs> I do. I know. Because I, uh, I went out for my first 10-kilometer run in four months, and uh, that wasn't 5,000 kilometers. Mercedes, what have you been doing? <laughs> Not that much. <laughs> I mean, it's just my jaw drops every time he says everything that he's done, and I'm like, I don't think I've done enough. Um, what have I been doing? Uh, yeah, yeah, Olympics isn't thing? enough. Like know, you know, know. it's crazy. It's come on, come on, come on. You know. <laughs> hey, I yeah, just saw. <laughs> have you seen the movie? Have you seen the movie Strife? Have you seen that Strife? movie? I'm, no. I'm probably pronouncing it the wrong way. You have to. I know. Totally, snowboarding is your thing, but I mean, you'll appreciate because you're such an epic mountain person is this movie. It's, it's a Red Bull. It's on Red Bull TV. It's a oh. movie about this, this race on the downhill on the downhill world cup circuit, which is like the most gnarly of all the races in Kitsville story. Yes. That's the one. Yeah. And it's the story. I watched that this year. It. It's crazy. I haven't watched the so, video, but I watched the race live this year in person. Oh, you were in oh, person. Totally. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's really cool. That's and then I cool. was like, I was like, I think we should try and like snowboard down it. And my cousin was like, no, it's bulletproof ice and really steep. You're just going to go down on your butt. And I was like, kind of keen. And anyway, I got shut down. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say you did it. Because no, I got to go back. Did. I if totally want could, to. You could do it. If oh, you're, you're, you'd be the person I'm, to do it. I'm, I do want to film it. And like, I'm pretty sure I'd be on my butt the whole time. It's like so icy. You need the sharpest edges ever. I do want to watch wow. that video though. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool. Ray, we're, uh, last time we, um, we were together, you were planning for an expedition to the Arctic. And uh, yep. Mercedes, Mercedes, you were headed to Switzerland back when people could do things. Mm-hmm. So I think you both made it, right? <laughs> you made it to Switzerland and did you, you made it to the Arctic? Yeah. I did. I did. I was in the Arctic and then I was in Siberia literally right after guiding clients on Lake Baikal. And when I got home, I got home like basically February 28th. So do the math, right? Like that's when things really started to get gnarly with COVID. And it was incredible Mm -hmm. on my way over there, flying through South Korea. uh, You know, when we landed in uh, Irkutsk, Siberia, like South Korea had the airport basically in lockdown almost, right? Like, I mean, it was was full on there, but in what was so interesting in Irkutsk, I'm not sure the population, maybe 300,000 people. They boarded the plane and took everyone's temperature before you could get off oh, the plane. Wow. And this was February 14th. February 14th. Valentine's Day. Temperature check. <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> you know, but it's like, it, and then, it, but anyhow, and then this, it just went, it just was like, boom. All of a sudden, there we were. Wow. All of a sudden, all of a sudden the world shut down. That was it. Yeah. That was it. So then what, did, did you head back to Ottawa from there? I did. So I was guiding for a week on Lake Baikal. And um, 
amazing people, extraordinary time, super duper remote, right? Like, I mean, totally disconnected, only satellite. So we didn't really know what was going on. Um, so we're a bit oh. apprehensive, like, were we going to get back out of Russia, right? On the way out, like nobody was talking about, you know, closing borders and whatnot, but still you don't know where these things are going to go, right? And then, so by the time I got home, part of my team went back to Italy they immediately yeah. were in lockdown. And then by the time I flew back to, to Canada, I live in Chelsea, Quebec. So I'm very close to Ottawa, about an hour and a half from Montreal. And you know, the COVID situation in Quebec was crazy, right? And mm -hmm. so then my daughters were out of school. Now, let me think about this. I think the first week of March, they were off for March break. So I got home February right. 28th. First week of March, they're on March break, and they never went back. Or, or if they went back, it was a very short period, you know, if I remember right. My, so kids start, my kids start tomorrow. They've had the longest March break in the history of March breaks. They start tomorrow. Yeah, mine, mine have gone back. Mine have gone back. But I get, I'm not, you know what? I'm like a bit freaked out about it, right? Because a lot you know, of parents are. Them. I'm worried for them. Yeah. You know? My I'm girls worried do, for the like teachers. They're, 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 like my, mine are, absolutely. I'm worried for everybody, uh, you know, obviously. But, you know, just from a, like, immediately, like, at home situation for the kids that are there you know there's this there's this myth that it doesn't affect kids well yeah okay maybe it doesn't affect kids as bad but there are kids statistically that do get super sick right and yeah. you know uh perish from this and mm -hmm. so like i don't want to be in that that group you know like no it's just it's terrifying no no, you it's know, awful. it's terrifying to think about, you know, it's going to be so. interesting two weeks for sure. Like the first two weeks of school, it's going to be yeah. very interesting. Just in Did general, you... I think the teachers aren't ready anyways, but regardless, we'll see how it goes. As it's, we've a been how, it's a kerfuffle. Sorry, go ahead, Mercedes. Yeah. Um, have you been traveling at all since you got home? Who, me? Um, yeah. Yeah, I will in, in Quebec. So, you know, both my daughters, they're 12 and nine. They are uh, the 12 year olds, um, an amazing flat water paddler. So she, she paddles quite a bit. They, they trail run a ton. And so we went fast packing in Charlevoix, uh, which is the mountains east, northeast, if you will, of Quebec City. Two and, questions. Uh, Hold a, on. I have two yeah. questions. What is flat paddling? Yeah. What is flat, flat paddling? paddling? Like, so, so K1, <laughs> like, uh, you know, like like Adam Van no. style. Flat oh, like a kayak. Like, like a kayak. Yeah. So they kayak and they oh, okay. and they run kayak. in the summer. Those are the two things they do. So we were like, you know, so we went fast packing, which means it's like hiking, but taking gear that's super light. You read and, my mind. That was my second question. <laughs> right. And so and so and so I thought they were I thought you were combining both words into like flat packing. I thought, yeah, so that's a totally new thing. Like that's a new sport that I never heard of, but I'm digging it because it sounds like it would be a lot it is of fun. now. You're welcome. <laughs> but, but, uh, thank you. But uh, so so we went um, so we went hiking around the mountains in Charlevoix, and like we took you know our our gear and our food, and it was awesome. It was just great to get away with our girls in like a COVID friendly adventure in the mountains oh of Quebec God. in our backyard, right? And that's the amazing thing. I mean, there's so much that um, I think people are really okay. Obviously, COVID is a horrendous thing. People are dying, people are sick, people are losing their jobs. There's like, like all my businesses completely shut down. Went from income last year to zero income this year, basically, right? But there's been a lot of upsides and, you know, not upsides, but, but there's been moments, right? That you can't deny are 
or can be awesome. And it's like, for, for me personally, it's very relative to us as individuals, right? But spending time with my daughters, more time, you know, on adventures, doing our own thing. I mean, that's been amazing. We've, we've actually spent way more time together than ever. Because my job usually takes me away a lot, like you guys. Mm-hmm. I travel a lot, right? So I've never been home. Also, I haven't I think, been home this much in in fifteen years, <laughs> right? But I think people are I think people are reconnecting in their relationships and their personal relationships with people, friends. There's more value in friendships, you know, and in that human connection. Also, I think, and you know what, we're rediscovering how friggin' incredible this country is. I mean, there's so it's much true. to do in every <clears throat> province, right? So, yeah. our our province has been a joy to be in through this. I have to tell you. Just because, you know, we have the ocean within, I have the ocean. Mercedes is an hour mountains. from the ocean. We have mountains, but I got an ocean like about, you know, 20 minutes away from me. She can get down there fast. But yeah. um, the, uh, do you miss the, um, have you rested as your uh, travel uh, wings rested as put for a little well, while? Like have you kind of eliminated I mean, it from your brain the way I have eliminated travel from my brain and said, okay, well, this is what we're doing now. We're doing this. We're not, I'm not really, going to go to the Sahara anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's a great, it's a great question. And to be honest with you, I, you know, I just kind of sort of let it. It wasn't even something that really I cognitively thought about letting go of. If you dig what I'm saying, right? So I was just, I was just. Uh, COVID hit. I'd come off this thing in Siberia. My Arctic expedition was epic. It was totally successful. That was in January. I was stoked. I got that done. And I had planned on being in Death Valley and started training uh, as if I was going to Death Valley in July to do a project there, north-south crossing off-road of, oh, yeah. of that between two mountain ranges. I went west to east last year, and a few years ago I went north to south, but I was going to do a slightly different route. And then following up with that, I was supposed to be doing a major expedition in South America over 5,000 kilometers in October. So obviously mm. both those trips are canned due to covid but you know, slash I'm, postponed. I'm like, yeah, postponed. Oh yeah, totally postponed for sure. You know, <laughs> next year kind of thing, right? And I'm and I'm looking forward to an, another Arctic, a big Arctic project that I had initially planned to do. I know this is confusing the order of this, but I planned on doing this big Arctic trip in 2022, and I moved it to 2021, hopefully, instead of what I was going to be doing in October. And so, oh. you know, so that's kind of where I'm like. So I'm kind of like refocused, right? And so I'm training and and. Were you alone? Were you alone? Though, going to do that alone? Sorry, Mike. Back up for a minute, because um, the Arctic is pretty desolate. I would imagine if you could train and go up there, it would be dare I say so that COVID free. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
Yeah, in January. Well, yeah, but but yeah, but no. You never know. Because Nunavut Nunavut is closed and the territories are closed because um, there's Mm. just a risk of getting COVID up there. And even I would feel horrible to transmit COVID into communities where I have so many friends. And um, I mean, it would just be it would be a health disaster. And so, Mm. you know, I am not concerned at all about having to once again cancel or postpone, even though I am training and preparing like I'm going in February, I have no problem realizing, I mean, this is, this is the situation that we're in, right? Yeah. I, listen, it was a funny thing, guys, you know, for me, when this happened and as it did for many people that lost their jobs, when my income went from income, nothing to worry about to zero, absolute zero, all my businesses. So I, you know, I do a lot of, corporate speaking. I organize a series of ultra marathons in, in my community in the Gatineau Park. Um, I guide people on expeditions. All of these things shut down and went to zero and no movement and canceled or postponed as, as Mercedes said. And um, Just being positive totally, there. Yeah, exactly. I could have <laughs> totally stressed about it, right? But I realized and honestly felt that things will eventually work themselves out. And there's no point yeah. in losing sleep and just like totally being stressed about getting the bills paid because they were either going to get paid or they weren't going to get paid and there was nothing I could do about it. Right. And so I felt similarly, I felt similarly. I was, I wasn't like stressed. I was like, well, you know what? It is what it is. The pandemic. (laughs) It's happening. You know, and I just worked my ass off on other things, you know, that's what I ended up doing just working my ass off on other things, you know? Exactly. Yeah. You pivot. Yeah. Such a, cl- a cliche word right now. Pivot. 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 What about I, I like to use the word jive instead of pivot. You jived. Jive. What about putting yeah. the in front of it? The jive. No, the, the pivot. Jive. The pivot or the jive. Either one of them works. <laughs> I think the jive is like, yeah. like it's from my generation. Like I'm the only one here that's 50. <laughs> not too far behind you. Just a few years behind. You know what? Not too far yeah, behind. Listen. This is the problem. We put the in front of her. I actually heard somebody the other day called the Facebook. And I, you know what oh. I, and it sounded okay to me to do that. Like, I mean, <laughs> you know, Facebook. The Facebook. well, George Bush started that when he started calling it the internets. So right. anyways, the, uh, it's kind of a, it's a wacky time on that side of it, as far as the pivot, uh, or the jive goes Mercedes, <laughs> but, uh, right. And we're all find a way to adapt. Are you, um, you're staying healthy though, right? Uh, uh, Mercedes for sure. Uh, staying healthy. Cause, um, we're trying to stay healthy and, and as you said, kind of focus on this eventually going away and easing up so we can get back to somewhat normal life. Uh, while I have both of you on here from the standpoint of like actual, uh, your professions and what you're doing, Mercedes, there was a bit of like end of season stuff in Whistler as far as like, skiing snowboarding was anybody able to do anything i know they shut things down but is there any think any any hope of something opening up that way and then ray to you after mercedes as far as like is there any glimmer of anything that uh, is going to open up in your world before christmas say go ahead so, um i'll i'll start yeah end of season unfortunately i got home march mid-march like march 15th or 16th and the mountain was closed all the chairlifts were done. Vail closed it. Um, and they did end up opening so that you could tour up. And what that means is you 
um, you either just hike up in your ski boots or snowboard boots, or you have um, a split board or touring skis and you can hike up the mountain on a one path, um, staying uh, COVIDly friendly apart. And uh, that, that happened for probably like three weeks and then it closed down. Um, people were kind of taking advantage of it and not being COVID friendly. And now we've just heard that Whistler Black Home will be opening uh, November 26th, but they'll have a reservation system. It's similar to what they've done with the bike park this year, which um, seems to have worked. I don't know exactly how it's going to work um, this winter on powder days, especially because <laughs> you have to reserve ahead of time to know what days you're going to be going up the mountain. So it's going to be interesting, but I hope that it's, it's people are going to be able to ski and snowboard and have a good time still. Ray, what about your world? Is there anything opening up that you can get to or you got to stay within the country? Well, you know, I, we were, we were going to be doing an I2P impossible to possible youth expedition, sort of a, a smaller version of one with a group of youth ambassadors from our foundation in Charlevoix at the end of September. But you know, right now as things stand, COVID numbers, like the cases were starting to creep up a little bit again. And we just thought, you know, we're not going to take any chances. We just don't want to, we, it's, it's just not the time. So we've held off on that, but probably not for me before December, I could see some training trips potentially um, and stuff like that to get me ready for my next expedition. But I had four client expeditions planned for this fall period at Atacama desert in Chile uh, the Bolivian Altiplano, Baffin Island, and the Canadian Arctic, et cetera. And they're all postponed until next year. But here's the, here's the upside is that people are excited to travel again when they can. And so yeah. there are a number of people that are so stoked to go on these trips next year. I think we have at last count, I think we have 35 clients and remember we we take small groups. So we have 35 clients, you know, for trips ranging from Siberia to Mongolia to these ones in the Atacama desert. These are remote and difficult trips. And, and you wouldn't think that there would be that vast a market, right? People don't want to go and do these things, but people are excited. They want to get out. They want to go and explore and do things. And so I'm, I'm really excited for next year, to be honest with you. And that's sort of where I'm, I'm thinking 2021. That's kind of where I've got my hat at right now. And it's keeping me motivated, you know? Keeping my fingers crossed for that one. I know. I, I think people are like jonesing to travel because I am. I know that much. How many people are sitting in their basement right now going, I'm going to climb Everest and this is done. And I'm going to call Ray. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know what? Everest. I'm climbing so, Everest. Fuck it. <laughs> I, remember, I could not believe when we were driving back from Charlevoix, back to our place, which is like about a five hour drive. There must have been 5 billion RVs on the road mm -hmm. going the other way. I could not believe how many people are like, that's like the new, I don't know what it's the new thing of, whatever was the most popular thing in the world before is now RVing. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. I did, like, a lot of camping. I did a lot of camping this summer. Uh, Mercedes, you guys must have been loaded with camping up in Whistler, people coming up to camp. Well, it's just a, such a different dynamic of people that are coming to Whistler. It, it's people that we've never really seen before in the sense mm -hmm. that normally it's like people going up the mountain, hiking, really yeah. athletic. And it's changed to, honestly, the other day I saw a family bring out a rice cooker in the park and they're just like wheeling in all of their 
their food and eating in the parks and then leaving. It's super weird. It's super different. But it's they're cheap, going to see wow. their own province. It's cheap, fast, and easy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But you know, well, I mean, listen, the, 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 the upside, like the total upside is that people, I think, generally are rediscovering where they live. Mm-hmm. They're getting outside. Um, hopefully they're following the parameters of, you know, all the health guidelines, yada, yada, yada. But most importantly, like as long as you're employing the leave no trace method and getting out there and discovering the awesomeness of the Canadian wilderness, I think it's just a, it's a good thing, right? For people. I've been exploring the, my backyard more than I ever have. Everyone's like, have you ever done this hike and this hike? I'm like, nope, haven't seen it. Haven't done it. Pretty much snowboarded for 20 years straight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now I've been able to like go up mountains that I've never been to just hiking. And it's been really eye opening and beautiful. So Mercedes, I'm going to tell you this and I probably shouldn't, but I'm going to, cause you're going to think it's the funniest thing ever, but my daughters and I, and their cousins who are also trail runners, same age, 12 and nine, both our families were like, yeah, you know, we were out, this was a separate trip. We went to Montreal blah. And we're like, yeah, let's just go trail running, blah, blah. So, you know, we, we ran up to the top of the mountain and then, but I, they have the gondola there, which I've never been on the gondola at Trombla. So we actually took the gondola down the mountain. I respect instead that. Instead of running right so no, i, I mean, totally respect we that. ran up the mountain but then rode the gondola down and that was like that was so much fun we did yeah, that here the get on the, you just get on it? the gondola and go around and around and around and around <laughs> on the gondola because i think i, I can totally do that if i was a professional well, snowboarder i would be in the gondola all the time you if you come to whistler you can do 13 kilometers of it you can go up blackcomb across to whistler and then down whistler all in gondolas <laughs> okay so the crazy i've been to whistler many many times usually yeah. not in ski season but i've never been on the gondola and i have lots of friends in squamish and so oh, the gosh, next time i'll have to I get you on the there, gondola i'm totally gonna have to do that mm-hmm. well, actually, you guys you guys should podcast from the gondola there's a well there's a there's you actually, because you're a hiking man. There's a, a hike called the Ascent Trail on Blackcomb that t- you walk up the whole mountain, exactly what you did in Tromblom, but quite a bit higher, to be honest. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> how, far, um, how far is that? I, how far, I don't know how far it is. It's far. I'll have to fact check that later for you. Um, <laughs> it's like bottom of, bottom of Blackcomb to the top, and then you take the gondola down. That's Very legit. Nice. That'd be so much fun. Good on the knees too. Save those. I love I love the running the I love running downhill, but I really liked like just it was, it was the perspective. It's yeah, amazing. Like I've been on I've been on gondolas in the Alps and in the Dolomites, and <laughs> it's one thing, but it was just really neat to see, like, get that perspective from here in Quebec in Tremblant. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's just uh, it was neat. It was really neat. You'll definitely, you'll want to go on the, the one that's called the peak, it's called the peak to peak. And then you look down on the trees. There's a one with a glass bottom and it's a perspective that you've never really seen like a bird's eye view of the tree. It's really cool. But that glass bottom would be filled up with my throw up. I wouldn't be able to see the trees because I'm freaking out too much. Did we just find something that you're like not good with? Have you seen, have you seen that thing at the Grand Canyon? It's like a glass bridge that goes out and back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, there's no way I couldn't do that. that I don't know out. if I could do that. <laughs> I saw something on the internet, speaking of the, and uh, somebody had done one of those, um, same thing, glass bridge 
and maybe this might be in like someplace you've been right but there's a glass bridge but it's got like one of those uh one of those uh led lights on it mm-hmm. so you can trick someone that it's breaking and you're gonna fall yes oh, I, shut saw, I saw that too saw you saw it right too. and the guys are like i saw that thing yes it, out. it was like a, a viral <laughs> video thing but it looks like it's like Kathmandu or someplace like that like so i don't know i thought maybe you Wait, and it, like you push a button and it looks like the glass is breaking yeah it's got this like effect and everything it's pretty crazy so and they take the people yeah they take the people unsuspecting (laughs) people people having heart attacks basically is what they're doing i mean it's as you do as you do when you're trying to attract people to a giant bridge that will plumb (laughs) in eighty thousand feet to (laughs) that super safe it's breaking it's crazy (laughs) um right so uh the uh i mean coming back to just like getting into this i mean obviously mm-hmm. being an adventurer and as they as you as you're deemed and all the rest of it but um if someone is is literally like adventurous in this regard and they want to kind of follow this path of adventure that you're on or or some kind of like explore the world the way you have what would what would you tell them to do as far as starting but like what they really need to be prepped for in the big picture you know, mentally well, I mean, and all this. I, I, listen, being, you know, being an adventurer, I think it just means someone who's, you know, desires knowledge of the world they live in, right? And and is very experiential and you want to go places and, and see things. And how the terms on how you decide to explore the world, that's sort of what defines the type of adventure that you're going to be or the type of adventure that you're going to do. So I choose to be in really remote places. I love the challenge of navigation. I love being in deserts in the middle of summer and in the Arctic and colder regions of the planet in the middle of winter. I just, I like being there at those times. And um, look at first steps. I, somebody asked me once, you know, how do I start training for a marathon? And the answer is quite simple. Take your first step of walking, right? Everything begins with small steps and small goals and sooner than later, or sooner or later, you, you know, you pull it all together and you're doing what it is that you want to do. But I'm a big believer in long-term goals, like coming up with an idea, something that you really want to do. And you start living your life towards that goal. You just start to make things happen. I, I, I honestly believe that, that we have the capacity to create our own reality when we're really, you know, when we're working very hard every day and making something happen. It wasn't like I, um, honestly, when I started all this, you know, my background, you know, I was a pretty unhealthy guy, pack a day, two pack a day smoker until I was 30. And, um, you know, no B plan in life, no college degree, nothing. And I just was a very unhappy person. And when I flipped the switch in my own life, thankfully to my brother, John, who inspired me to want to get into the outdoors and try some of the things he was doing, looking for just like a different life and some sort of purpose. I had no idea that it was going to lead me down this road of doing the things that I do now. I was looking for happiness. And it led me eventually from racing mountain bikes and adventure racing to doing ultra marathons. I was never a runner, wasn't my thing. And lo and behold, it became my thing, right? And just one thing begat another. And then I started doing these long expeditions like the running the Sahara project. And I just never looked back. So it wasn't like I said to myself, okay, so turns out I can run pretty far, pretty fast. And looks like uh, this might be a great way to make a living. It wasn't about that with me. So it was just about finding a purpose or something in my life that I was truly passionate about because I didn't want to 
when I was 60, if I made it that far at that point in my life, I wasn't sure or 70 or whatever, have any regrets in, in not taking any chances in my life because I spent so much time in my life, not taking any chances and talking myself out of doing things. So to give you a super duper long answer, I would say, you know, just have an idea or a long-term goal mind, something that you really want to achieve and commit to it. And when those opportunities arise, little things happen that get you closer to your goal. Don't be afraid to take a chance on them and go for it. Like, how did you get into your first ultra marathon? I just learned what those were. Yeah. So I read an article. My brother is this amazing runner and I was racing mountain bikes and, um, doing pretty good, loving it. And I was adventure racing and my brother and I are very physically different people. He's a tall, sinewy guy. Like he was exactly what I thought runners were supposed to look like. And I just did not look like that. Anyhow. So when I was racing bikes, I trained on my mountain bike all the time. You know, I took it pretty Mm -hmm. seriously and I was racing uh, cross country. Um, and then I moved into 24 hour solos and I was doing really well at that. And he would go trail running. And then one day I read an article in a magazine about ultra marathons. And I thought, Oh, the only reason I read it is that, Oh, this is something my brother would like. I got to give him this magazine. (laughs) And it was an article about the Yukon Arctic ultra. Uh, it's a hundred mile race in the Yukon as the name would indicate. And it takes place in the middle of winter. They have varying distances. You can pick a distance you like. And I picked the hundred mile, 160 K running. And I entered this race after reading this article about it, because in this article, seriously, was people like any person on the street, like normal looking people were the people that were featured in this magazine article doing this race. And I thought, what the hell? Like, how is it these people think or know that they can do something like this? And I realized in the moment that maybe ultra distance running was not about of course, there's a physical aspect, but it's an accepted physical aspect. It's more about your willingness to challenge yourself in some crazy ass way. So I thought, I want to try this and see if I can know about myself what these people know about themselves. And long story short, it was my very first running race ever. I did the 100 mile event and I won it. And (laughs) against all odds, I'd never won anything physical in my entire life. And I thought it's impossible that I could have won this thing. Like I must've took the wrong way. Right. Like I just, (laughs) but I did lo and behold, I did. And I went on and it, and it, and it, it sparked in me this, I know you're going to think this is corny, but it sparked in me this true uh, philosophy that human beings underestimate themselves physically, mentally, emotionally. I learned that in that moment. I was like, Oh my God, I cannot believe. Like I went into mm-hmm. this crazy zone doing this race at, like, at the first half of the race. I thought, Oh, I'm out of here. It's freezing cold. My legs were killing me. There's no way I'm going to complete this thing. What the hell was I thinking? And then in the second half of the race, after almost quitting and dropping out, I said to myself and discovered that all I needed to do was think about what I was going to eat at the end of this race and get down this trail as far as I could and as fast as I could. And everything else gave way. And, and Mercedes, I felt like, one of you elite alpinists, snowboarders that I see on the Olympics who are like in a deep trance-like state, sort of like weaving back and forth, picturing the course that you're going to go down. Like when I see the downhill skiers and all that, like yeah, the Olympics doing that zony yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. And I was like, vis- it's visualizing. <laughs> the visualization. So there's yeah. the, that's the science name. So that's what I was doing 
in this ultra marathon without even realizing I was doing it, but it was like one step ahead all the time. And when I, by the time I finished the race, I had no pain, no fear, felt like a million bucks. All I knew is I wanted to feel that way for the rest of my life. And so I entered my next ultra marathon trying to recapture how I did what I did in that race. And that's what led me to where I am today. Wild. One step at a time, pal. One step at a time. Yeah. Ray, Ray, I ran 10 kilometers the other day for the first time in four months and I uh, felt great. So <laughs> there you go. That's like but a I was, I'm, I'm, a bit, I'm recovering a bit. I got I went through where'd the you, thing. Uh, I went through the thing. Where'd you I, run? Around my block. And I saw a horse and some cars and it was, uh, it was quite exciting for me to get that done. And, but it was my first real run intent. And so, and I look at that and it's funny, um, uh, that we're talking now cause I, I, um, uh, we're wrapping up uh, travel, obviously, but I've got um, I got Bill Vigors on the Lifecast coming up, and Bill was with Terry Fox uh, for oh, a marathon of hoping, and of just time. that one foot in front of the next, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, hydro pull to hydro pull. Uh, so, I mean, kudos, man, and kudos to you know, obviously, you've got an it's an amazing thing, and Mercedes's story is just is a, is a just as incredible to me you guys are super inspiring to be able to do that i uh i consider myself at christmas time uh, when mercedes and i were at the airport to be in the best shape of my life and then i went you know i had a bit of i actually you know contracted our friend that uh, took the world down oh, wow. and, I, and i recovered and that's a whole other thing but i'm fine i just like but, but it was a slow recovery that i can i like from the standpoint of like finally got back out and ran this week and I'm like, Hey, there's 10 K. And then Ray's like, and then I ran through the Sahara and then I ran. No way. I'm just yeah, saying like, then, I did, it, then I did an ultra and I'm like, I've got some work to do. I'll let no, you know when you get to 15 K buddy. Listen, I, 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 I have know. friends that have, I have friends that have won Ironman competitions and I have friends that have taken yeah. the maximum allowable time to do them, you know, and I've always been more impressed by the maximal uh, allowable time because you're on your feet for so long. It's a very relative thing. And, you know, when we do awesome things in our lives, it's incomparable to, to what anyone else is doing because you can never, ever, ever express what something means to you. We just don't have the words to express yeah. when, we, when we feel something. Like Mercedes, you know, whether you're a medalist or you – like totally nail this obscure run mm-hmm. on some mountain that nobody else knows. And you get to the bottom and you're like, I have been legit trying to do that for years and I just did it. And you're mm-hmm. the only person there, but it's like the greatest feeling ever. Right. Like, I don't it's know. True, yeah. I think, I are you guys a, a proponent of like, I mean, okay, we, we start or you as athletes start for a reason, obviously Mercedes. Um, I mean, your first Olympics would have been like, the Olympics, but then to do it three more times. And I think it's just such an amazing accomplishment, right? Everything. But uh, I'm also a fan of the journey is the prize. So, 100%. so for me, it's always just about the build. And then if you get the, the reward at the end, the reward probably is finishing with the exception of like, maybe it changes depending on like how well you perform before you want to keep moving forward or whatever it is. But I've always been a huge fan of, of the journey is the prize. Um, you guys both have said separate journeys. Uh, do you feel like every single time you do something you've won regardless because of the journey that it took you to get there? Go ahead, Ray. Uh, well, you know, I, I, Sorry, uh, it's so deep. Last time we so, were, uh, so we were deep. forward so, drinks. Uh, you know what? I, um, 
yeah, for sure. Listen, I, I've had some close calls. You know, I, I went in a river uh, and almost died in, on an Arctic expedition one time, could not complete that trip. Another expedition took me four years to plan uh, to tra uh, traverse the, uh, the Kamchatka Peninsula in far east Russia, way eastern Siberia. D years, tons of dough, logistics, timing, planning, visas. Oh, my God. It, was a, it was, took us so long. And I got there. I was doing it with a teammate, this expedition, and we spent 15 days, the first 15 days of this expedition, burning through 30 days of food because the snow conditions were so horrible and you know with climate change things have changed completely in this region of russia that we were trying to trying to cross and after crossing over this massive and ridiculously precarious mountain range to the other side um to what we felt was going to be our last 150 easy kilometers to get to the east coast we were informed by hunters that an early thaw had happened on the edge of these volcanoes and every one of the rivers that was in this region were open and the expedition was instantly over in a matter oh. of, of moments. And I wasn't, I was disappointed for like five minutes. And then I reflected on everything that my teammate and I had gone through to get as far as we did. And it was such an incredible experience. And I knew we made the right call and everything else. So I, I totally agree with you. Like, I mean, there's been so many circumstances where, and I went home and I was happy. I was satisfied. Like I was honestly not saying I was satisfied to make myself feel better. I was truly and legitimately satisfied with what we had achieved and getting as far as we did, given the conditions that we were up against and everything that we had experienced together. So Amazing. I get That's it. Wild. Yeah, no, I am. I'm just like thinking back and I'm old now. So I get to reflect back on all the things that I did. And honestly, when I was competing, it was just one day at a time, one contest at a time, one training session at a time, just trying to better myself. And then, you know, you, you don't normally look back, you're on to the next and on to the next. And I think that's just how the the four Olympics came to fruition for me. You know, you're always wanting to better yourself. And I think that for Ray, that probably stands true to you too. You're, you do an expedition, you want to do another one, you want to do more, you want to go further. Um, and that's just how it, how it went for me. And I don't, yeah, that's crazy it's times. Amazing. Yeah. And it's amazing. But now you get to a point, right. Where, you know, you, um, you find a different, like, it's like you get to a point where you just sort of take perspective on life mm -hmm. and where you're at in your life. And with the years, that you have still to crank it out and have fun and do things that you love to do, what the priorities yeah. are. Totally. You know what I mean? That's, that's one thing that when you reflect and, and you learn more, um, like, especially in a transitional time, like being an athlete, um, you, yeah, you reflect and you're like, yeah, I really loved that. I was super passionate about that. What am I passionate about now? And you know what? It's still sports for me. Like I love sports. I'm not gonna run with you, Ray, because it's not a jam. And <laughs> I'll run I'm with like, you about. I'll run with you about ten kilometers. I, well, I, I, I was I gonna say I only did ten kilometers by mistake one time in Toronto, and I was dying. <laughs> you put a polar bear behind you. You run. Yeah. True. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Ray, I uh, I can't thank you enough, Ray. Ray, I can't thank you enough for for joining us again on this thing. Yes. There's lots to tell, and um, 
we definitely, I want to have you back on, uh, on the life cast. I'm sure Mercedes will have you back on hers when she rolls through. So there's lots more tells, uh, stories to tell, but I want, before we go, I want to talk about your charity for a minute. If you, if you uh, don't mind, uh, letting us know what's going on with, uh, okay. So with impossible possible, we've done 15 youth based expeditions to date to places like the Amazon jungle, uh, the Canadian Arctic, um, Bolivia, India, et cetera. And, and what essentially we do with Impossible to Possible is take young people, we call them youth ambassadors, 16 to 21 years of age on learning-based expeditions that are a week to 10 days around the world. So for example, going into the Amazon jungle of Brazil or Peru and studying ecosystem services or uh, climate change or biodiversity and learning from the indigenous people in the areas that we're in about these issues and perspectives on these issues, and then sharing it through curriculum uh, that is uploaded every day live by satellite to thousands of students around the world. And the program is 100% free. So obviously, we've been affected by COVID. We've had multiple cancellations this year. But, um, you know, we're aiming for a really great year next year. And um, the youth ambassadors that we had selected this year, we're going to be taking next year. But uh, after that, we'll open up our selection process again. And kids from all over the world come. It's amazing. It's just it's an amazing thing. We love right. it. Can people donate online? They can. So impossibletopossible.com. Uh, there is a donation button, I believe, at the top of the website. And, um, or they can contact me. I have a web, uh, you know, our, a website, just my name, raiseahab.com. There's links to all my social media. And I'm easily accessible that way. And I can direct any donations or questions or volunteer time or whatever anyone wants to do, I can answer their questions. It's excellent. It's a great time to plan your 21 with Ray around the world. I mean, he's already booked up. It sounds like, but um, we had to push it to 22 well, now. I'm not sure, but it's uh, but yeah. uh, definitely donate uh, if you can and uh, follow Ray online. Um, I can't thank you enough for joining us, man. That was really great of you to jump back on after I totally screwed up the first one. So <laughs> there we are. And Mercedes, hey, here we are again, wrapping up travel. So thanks uh, for making time today as well, my friend. To uh, Thank you for having me. Anything, uh, anything uh, at the end here, Ray, that you want to leave our listeners with? And then uh, we'll let you go, buddy. No, that's great. I just, you know, thank you all and and uh, so much for having me on. And um, stick around for a couple I want to talk to you after you're done recording. So, but, uh, you know, for everybody out there, if you ever have any questions or you want to reach out, I'm easy to get, you have my website and I get tons of questions about how to get started doing anything, even if it's your first run, whatever. I'm always around. I always answer everyone. I get around to it eventually. I'll call you about running. <laughs> Do it. And then I'll call Mercedes about running after she about, calls you about yeah, running. Call, you know what? I'm going to call Mercedes about snowboarding. That's what I'm going to do. There we go. Yes. You know? So wow, I'm going to swap out. That's amazing, Ray. Right. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it, man. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon, dude. Okay. Catch you later. Hi. 
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance, and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca.